0: Hey there, and welcome to the Clarity Podcast, Season 1, Episode 9. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for your life and mission. I am Aaron Santemeyer, and I will be your host. Each episode, I will be having transparent conversations with people who care about you and desire for you to be healthy, resilient, and confident in your life and as you pursue your mission. I know that one of the biggest roadblocks to health, resilience, and confidence is lack of clarity. I believe that the transparent conversations we will be having and the life stories we will be hearing will be invaluable for both you and I. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Pastor Zach and Pastor Shelly Maddox that are currently pastoring in West Lafayette, Indiana. They're great friends of the Santamire family, have been great friends of the Santamire family for a long time. And we went to Southeastern together. They got married, and we got married, moved into the same uh, apartment complex, Carlton Arms North in Lakeland, Florida, and became great friends. And I remember back in the day going to see them run their first marathon. And great people—people people we love, people we trust, people we respect—and wanted to get them on the podcast because they're a young family. They have two middle school age children, and their youngest is is still in elementary school. And the tensions that come with being a young family on mission. And having children and priorities and putting things in priorities, putting boundaries in place. Zach's a worker like me. He likes to study, likes to work. Shelly's also a worker, too. And so, how do you balance those things? How do you find that margin in there for family and the importance of having margin in family so our kids know that we love and care for them? So, they're going to give us some great insight on Passport to Purity, also Champion Tribes, things that they've used to invest strategically and intentionally in the life of their children. And I think you're going to value this. Even if you're not a young family, maybe you're a grandparent, it's going to give you great insight. Maybe you're a young family, this great, great insight. And if you're single, these will be great tools for you when you do get married and have kids, if you do. And so no time better than now to get started. So I'm looking forward. so, So here we go. So greetings, welcome to the Clarity Podcast. It's so exciting to be here today with Zach and Shelly Maddox, longtime friends of the Santa Myers, And we're so excited to be with them and to begin to look about family health and what we can do to grow and be resilient in our families in our life and intermission. Zach and Shelley, we know you very well. Heather and I do, but can you share a little bit about yourselves for our listeners that might not know you as well as we do?
1: Okay, I'm Shelly Maddox and went to Southeastern University for an early childhood degree, but knew I wanted to be in missions somehow and just really felt like the Lord would open doors for us to go into missions probably through education. And so taught early childhood, taught kindergarten for a couple of years and wanted to start a family, but that was kind of a delay for us. But in the Lord's timing, when we received our missions appointment, then the Lord gave us our family, started with our son, Nate. And then we headed overseas with the focus of reaching Muslims through teaching. So Zach ran a school and I fulfilled the role of like stay-at-home mom and did that for about 13 years. And now we're back in the States and I'm teaching again and fulfilling the role of pastor's wife and trying to support Zach in every way I can. There's a lot of things in between, but in a nutshell, that's...
0: Good deal.
2: And I'll fill in a little bit with transition. So where we went for our first term in Sudan. So we were in Khartoum, Sudan and ran a school there and came back to the U.S. for itineration for the birth of our daughter, Haley, and then went back overseas, but this time to Jerusalem and ran a school there too, but then got to do a little bit more in the way of church planting work. And while we were in Jerusalem, our youngest, Lucas, was born. So have three kids. And when we came back for a generation after Jerusalem, Lord led us to become lead pastors of a local church in West Lafayette, Indiana. So that's kind of fills in a little bit of the gaps, but yeah, so transitions and kids and it's all been in the mix of
0: it. Good deal. Good deal. I find out that we learn a lot more from people's challenges than we do from their success stories. So meaning that if somebody shares you with all their wins, it's very hard to identify with that. But I think we do learn from people when they say, this is where I challenge, this were some growth areas in my life. In the transitions that you and Zach, you and Shelly have been through, what have been some of the challenges that you've run into and learning experiences you've had as a family as you've sought to have resiliency and adaptability for your family and your family health in ministry?
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of my mind goes lots of places. I think one of those, you've got kids, obviously education matters. And so trying to figure that out has been a part of that journey for us. So both Shelly and I have education backgrounds. Shelly, you know, shared she was early childhood. I was a math education major. So trying to help our kids navigate educational environments and especially from the mission field where English was a second language, you know, even if that may have been the primary language used in the classroom, it's still... What we found, especially in transitioning back to the U.S., is felt like we were playing a little bit of catch-up. And actually, it's funny you asked, I just commented this morning to Shelly, so I mean, our oldest is now 13. We went overseas when he was one. We feel like we're maybe just catching up, um, or at least that they're taking more responsibility for their education. So that's been kind of a long road. And two, you know, it's interesting. We knew because of our experiences that, so our oldest, we actually just got him through some educational testing last year, confirmed what we knew that he has ADHD and so challenges with focus. So it's like we knew those things, but it's like, how do you navigate that? That stuff in settings that it's not easy to figure that stuff out, or even if diagnosed, what are you gonna do about it? So, it's, I think, just trying to navigate that stuff in ways that are helpful and not hurtful. What are the right expectations to have? You know, every kid is different. So, I think that's been a challenge. I think probably for me, and Shelly can speak differently or even speak to this, but definitely the greater challenge for me is busyness. I have a habit of taking on more than I should. The Lord is really helping me understand I have limits and to actually embrace and enjoy those limits. So I feel like I'm growing, but for sure for me on the front end, especially as we had young kids at home, because now we're you know we range in age from seven to 13, so we're kind of in a different phase. But I needed <laughs> Shelly needed to continually help me <laughs> identify. I was taking on more than I should or could, and and I think we do that sometimes in the name of advancing God's kingdom. But I think if we go to the core of it, maybe it's wanting to prove ourselves in some way, or maybe I felt like I just wasn't doing enough. But I had good mentors in my life to help me. You know, what's the promise? Well done, good and faith, not great and wonderful, just good and faithful. And so, but it took me a long time to come around to that longer than it should have. And I'm still learning. I mean, it's (laughs) so yeah, I think your big mistake is busyness. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Shelly, how were you in those transitions? How did the Zach's busyness maybe affect the family, if you're willing to share about that?
1: And I was going to say, when you first asked the question, I think the biggest transition for me was Sudan. Because before Sudan, I was in the States and I felt like roles were more clearly defined. I had my job, he had his job. We were involved in the local church. It just it seemed clearer to me. Once we landed in Sudan, now it was like we were still involved in education, but now it's ministry. Everything is ministry, everything you're doing. And so then it was like, well, what am I doing to advance the gospel? You know, what am I doing in my morning? What am I doing in the afternoon? What am I doing in the evening? And so I think we started out super critical of ourselves and feeling like we'd turn down the bed at night and say, well, who did you tell about Jesus today? No one. (laughs) Well, who did you tell about Jesus today? No one. Great, we failed. Good night. See you tomorrow. You know? (laughs) And, you know, good people in our lives, like you guys and other people as well, are like, don't do that to yourselves, you know. But we take our roles seriously. And we felt like we needed to be, you know, have integrity on the field. But I feel like going overseas and becoming a mom, it really helped us to say, okay, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do it well? And I feel like it took a lot of failures day in, day out of just feeling like, well, I want to be a part of the school. That's what I said I was going to do on the mission field. I was going to be a part of the school and be a part of families. But then having a little toddler running around a school just doesn't work. So then I feel like that's when the Lord really started saying, I need you to just do what I want you to do. And don't try to do what you think is the best thing for you to do for the field or for your supporters or for anything else. Just abide, listen, obey. That's what I've asked you to do and nothing more. And so that was a brutal process for me. And I would say in every transition we had, that was my go-to okay, I know what Zach has to do because everybody's clear to make his job plan for him and his day-to-day schedule. But for me, I felt like it was a choice on what I was gonna do with my day and my time. And so I just had to go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And I know the things that you've put in our heart, you know, we want our family to be whole. We don't want our children to grow up hating God or ministry or us. And so what are we going to do? So I feel like in every transition, I had to really dig deep and say, okay, based on the situation and with the hours that he was working, I really just said, I'm going to make sure I have a happy home and we have a happy family. And when Zach comes home, we're gonna celebrate when he comes home. We're gonna watch him at the window when we hear the gate open and we're gonna cheer that dad's coming home and I'm gonna make this place our safe place. Yeah. So that really helped, I think, sustain our like a healthy family. I mean, that wasn't perfect. And it was hard for me and I had to abide. And Zach was great to say, I can tell you're not thinking healthily right now. You're going to need to like do some mind work stuff. And the Lord was faithful to meet me there. It's not easy, but I would say I love Jesus more today than I did a long time ago. And that's because the Lord had to minister to my own life to help me do the things he wanted me to do.
2: Those were real fun conversations, by the way.
0: I'm sure they were. But honestly. How did you guys have those conversations? Because if you don't have them, right, mean, yeah. don't have those conversations, <laughs> things don't go well. I remember,
2: I'm mean, the one I'm thinking about when you say mind wars is that where that came from is some mentors of ours, Mike and Darla Rakes. They pastor in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and they had done a series on mind wars. And so this is actually while we're back itinerating. So this wasn't even while we were on the field, but we were in the US, but you know, I'm having to run around and itinerate and Shelly was a bit home more with Nate and Again, the kid had focus issues, so it's like you look back and you're like, "Yeah, we understood what the challenges were, you know." Yeah. <laughs> so he was fun to, to navigate. Man, I love him deeply, and but it's just the challenge of I would have to run, but she's back home. And what I remember is just I don't know if I called her, texted her, or even if right before I left, like in the car, I'm like, "By the way, this is a really good message. You should listen." To.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. I remember that he was leaving for a trip to a itinerary. Yeah. And it was going to be out of state and I was yep. at home and I had Haley at this point. Well, that's right. And I think yeah, I just kind of hit a wall of you're just traveling all the time and you're staying in hotels and you're going out to dinner sleeping at night <laughs> and I'm at home with two little kids and it just looks the same every single day. Yep. And this is getting old and I'm tired and I would sure like to itinerate. So he's like, do you want to itinerate? Do you want to be in the car all those hours? And he was pointing out the non glamorous, the non glamorous <laughs> parts of itineration. True. And and he was like, honestly, this is what I have to do. They're expecting me. This is really what you have to do, and I'm expecting you to do this. And so, honestly, this is all in your mind, and you're going to need to take this up with Jesus. And really, he left. And then he did text me something like, and here's that podcast you might want to listen to while you're going through that, you know? And I was just like, out of my mind. So yeah. I'm not
2: saying we handled that very well. We were still navigating things and figuring it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, that's true. To be honest, though,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, but it was true. It's what I needed to do.
0: And But Shelly, how did you find clarity in that? Because that's a situation... And I think as men, it's easy to, you know, I probably would said the same thing, give you a podcast, here's this, do this. But you were still the one that had to find clarity and find peace in your mind and heart and your soul in that situation. Were there any keys or anything you learned through that process that you think that might be valuable? Because I mean, I think our struggles are unique because we're unique people, but they're also common in the sense that you're not the only woman that ever went through that. And Zach's probably not, and he's not, because I'm sure I would have did the same thing. Is no the only man that responded in that way. So do you have any advice or wisdom or counsel for those that might be in that situation today?
1: Well, I think Growing up in a minister's home and then going on the mission field, I definitely experienced women who were bitter in ministry or Mm -hmm. cynical in ministry. And that really stood out to me. And I decided early on, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to turn out that way. That's not what I signed up for. And I don't think anybody signs up for that. But how do you avoid it? And so knowing that, you know, between he and I, once my role really became more, in the home and for the family as a way for the way I looked at it was that he has to stay on the field. If he can stay on the field, we can stay on the field. And so I chose to take that posture and decide, well, he can't stay on the field if I can't stay on the field. And if I lose my mind, we're going home. And so even in the States and on itineration, there were definitely some moments where I have really thought I was going to lose my mind. And there can be others who could testify to the same. So I think there were some examples in my life that showed me, I don't want to do this. And then I had some really scary moments to say, I think this is that. I think I could lose my mind here. So fear, obviously, reality, just drove me to say, I've got to do this. Now, thankfully, We have a marriage where we can talk very openly about what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And that has been a saving grace and a miracle because we were able to have those conversations on the spot that allowed me to just address it quickly and deal with it and just say, I know what I need to do here. I need to go to the Lord. I need to process this and ultimately renew my mind. And sometimes that's a season of like minute by minute. I need to renew my mind. Sometimes it's a week by week. I need to renew my mind. I can tell I'm getting bogged down here. And the more you do that, the more you can see the Holy Spirit rush in, renew your mind, you feel steadfast again. And that's what sustained my salvation. That's what sustains our relationship and our marriage. And ultimately, that is what allows us to stay in ministry. That's good.
2: I I mean, obviously, we've grown in the way that we can interact and navigate, because I can't say that that maybe was the best interaction. But at the end of the day, Shelly knows I'd lay down everything for her. I mean, going back to the Ephesians five, you know, if I love Jesus, or love Shelly. I do love Jesus too, by the way, but I love Shelly. I'd try to, as Jesus loves the church, which is lay down your life. So, like on other times where I could, I would take Nate, who would have been like three, with me on a weekend trip just to provide breaks, you know. So then she's just dealing with Haley. So you have that in the background and the undertone. So even if the interaction is not the best, at the end of the day, we know we love each other deeply and want. God's best for our lives and for each other. So you have to have that as an undercurrent, an undertone to know that. So Shelly knew I had her best interest in mind, you know, maybe. That's good. Yeah.
0: You guys are a young family, you have young children, and you have alluded to the idea that you've had to put boundaries in place. There's multiplicity of options out there. You know, Shelly, now you're working and you're both professionals, you're both parents. You could be put in many different directions. So what have you guys found that's helped you and your family to put your family as priority and put those boundaries in place?
2: I feel like we're doing a better job, but I I feel like it's taken a long time to get there. So one of my to-read books this year is John Mark Comer's Ruthlessly Eliminating Hurry, which is off that Dallas Willard quote. And we've really tried to do that because I will say, I actually feel like we did sometimes a better job of that in an overseas setting than here in the U.S. where there's like activities galore. Not that you couldn't have that too in an overseas setting, but like I'll tell you, I mean, what we chose to do, because in the fall, we felt like we were gone almost every evening in It's awful. Busyness really is a killer for spirituality and for closeness and family is what we have found. And so like for this spring, I asked Nate, who was otherwise going to do wrestling, but really loves basketball. So he was on the basketball team this last year. And I said, Nate, what would you think about skipping wrestling? And you and I just work on basketball a bit in the afternoons together. If you really want to do basketball, probably need to work on that. You got to start making choices. And he thought that sounded great. So like for where we're currently at, so two things, I try to limit my work week. I can create my own schedule to a certain degree, but I try to work no more than 45, 50 hours a week. I'm real intentional. So I plot out my week, you know, how many hours am I logging this week? And we really try to be intentional that way. But part of that is so like I, part of how I've rearranged my schedule for the spring is I'm done by 3.30 to go get Nate and Lucas and we'll go to the gym and do basketball together. And most of our evenings are free. You know, Haley's doing ballet one day a week and Nate's doing piano one day a week. So we really have tried to eliminate the hurriedness of life here. So I think those are some boundaries, you know, capping my hours. It's good. And reducing activities for kids. Yeah. I think those are two that come to mind. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have yeah. thoughts.
1: And I think a few years ago, Zach read the book Simple Church and then led our oh, church yeah. staff through Simple Church. Yeah. And that felt, made us feel like we had the freedom to choose what we're doing in the church. It's true. And so by doing that, we actually cut events. And it seemed like a big deal at the time. And then like the next year, we had to live through the ramifications of cutting events in the church, which was a big deal because that's just what people are used to doing. It becomes a ritual almost. This is how I spend my time for the Lord. But what it did is that it freed us up to say, we want to spend time with people. And in Mm -hmm. spending time with people, you can say, I'm going to go love on this person. And we've tried to make that our motto for ministry, not I have a meeting or I have to go meet with so-and-so, but we're going to go love on people tonight. And it seems like our kids respond to that differently than I have another meeting Mm -hmm. or I Mm -hmm. have another event. If, you, if we blame it, we're going to go love on people, and that's what we do, then I also feel like it allows the kids to feel like they can do that too, and they can be a part of it. And that was a big thing for us on the field. We wanted to be a family on the field, not just Zach is doing this, and we're all just following him. And so that was hard to do with schools, but wherever we could try to be involved as a family, we did that. And so now with church ministry... We're trying to experience that again as a family. And you know, how are we doing this together? What part do you play in this? We're going to go love on people. How are you loving on your friends? And who are you inviting to this? So that has been, I think, a, a big help yeah, for that's our true. family.
2: Yeah. So it's kind of a, an interesting boundary, but including kids in that. So like, they love to go to the hospital and pray with people. And what I have found as we do that is the people we go visit are far more entertained by our kids. Oh, than by sure. Me. I think they'd oh, rather sure. my kids be there than me be there. really. yeah. That's been a lot of fun. Tonight we'll go have dinner with the family and just do that as families. So it's, yeah. So just approaching life and ministry in a different way.
0: So thinking about seasons of life, you guys are in a young season of life, family life. You've talked about boundaries and priorities. What are some family values in this season of your life that are most important for you, Zach and Shelly, as you think about the season of life you're in now?
1: I kind of think we feel like time is running out. I think we still have Lucas is just seven, but Nate is 13. And so we're already feeling like the most influential time we have with him is running out. And so right now, we're really trying to increase our intentionality with him. And then with the other two, you know, the decisions you make with your first, then the other two kind of reap the benefits of that. And so I would say last year, We really saw how fast the time's going by Mm -hmm. and how busy we were, which just makes the time go by so fast. And so then we started asking each other, what are we doing? Like, where's the intentionality? And we've always had like the family rules, don't quit, love Jesus and others. But this last year, I feel like we've kind of hit a sweet spot with intentionality. Zach started doing Champion Tribes with Nate and a couple of buddies just really being intentional every month with character development. We really felt like it was important to do passport to Purity weekends with our kids. So Zach did that with Nate, and I just did that in the fall with Haley. And that alone has opened doors of communication with our kids that we will never regret. And so just trying to pull out things that we say, we're going to do this because we believe it's going to be the right thing, then that has helped us a lot with... Just being intentional with the kids and making the most of the time we have. It's good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's probably been the big part. But I remember, I mean, Aaron, one of the things that you impressed upon me, and this is years ago now, but you know, you were good to ask older, wiser <laughs> guys and gals, you know, if there's one thing you could do differently looking back, what would that be? And I remember the resounding comment was, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. That's true. So I took that to heart years ago and have really, so that's, you know, working with the boys on basketball. We're taking a bunch of people from our church on a Bible lands tour next month. So I am this year, I'm investing a bit more as kind of a rite of passages 13, you know, yep. So I'm trying to be more intentional that way, but he and I will go and we'll tour and we'll talk about Jesus. And yeah. So really trying to take advantage of the moments we've got knowing they are fleeting. And we fully anticipate that once our kids leave the house, they'll probably really leave the house and town and country who knows. And so right. but we want that for them. And mm-hmm. so we just want to enjoy them in the meantime. So I do think we have been good to really enjoy every stage. We loved the infant years. We loved the toddler years, the preschool years, the grade school years. And now we're in junior high. Yeah. Uh, and I used to be a high school math teacher. I did not yes. like junior high kids. Yeah. But now I have one. I really like junior high kids. It's like the innocence of a child, but some maturity there. That's They're right. You know, so it's,
0: it's a great season. Yeah. Shelly, could you share about what you did? You talked about your passport to purity weekend that you did with Haley. And then would you just talk for a minute or two how that played out for you and your family and what value, you said that was a connection point. Could you just share what value that was for maybe other mothers that would consider doing that? And then Zach, would you mind then following that up with sharing a little bit about champion tribes? Just if maybe there's some fathers out there that are looking to have a connection with their son or other young men, and that that is a possibility also.
1: I know details related to purity, abstinence, the whole thing. It's really difficult for people to talk about that with their children. And since I did that with Haley in the fall, um, I posted a couple of pictures on Facebook about it. And I do want people to be aware of what we do, but I don't also want to make people feel like they have to do that. But I did get some really great questions about it. And just trying to talk with people, it was surprising to me at how many parents felt like they could not do that. Even with a curriculum that is given for you and CDs that you listen to that do the teaching, you just kind of follow up with questions and make yourself available for questions and comments and hands-on activities. You know, It's like object lessons. So I tried to explain that, but I was really surprised at how many Christian parents felt like this was a a no-go. So I've tried to continually have those conversations. And one of my friends just recently bought the kit. And now she's going to do this with her daughter. And just recently had this conversation on, what am I supposed to do again? And how awkward were those conversations? So I was able to say, not awkward. Honestly, it was funny because it's your child and your child knows you and they know how you talk and communicate. And it's okay to say, you know, I'm a little nervous about this too. And so I feel like it was a great weekend for Haley and I. We just went to a hotel right here in our town. So, you know, it was like a five minute drive to the hotel. And so we go to the counter and there was like some issue with the card and Zach made the reservation, but I have a different card. And so we had this whole moment and the guy at the counter is apologizing. I'm so sorry for the delay. And so he kept asking very polite questions. So what is this all about? What are you guys doing? Are you here to see family? And so I just thought, well, nope. here's my opportunity. And I said, well, this is actually our weekend to go away And this is a weekend for Haley to kind of have this passport to purity weekend. And so it's just a girl's weekend. We're going to have fun. We're going to be in our hotel room and we're just going to have a great time. And so because of the whole confusion, three workers are now at the register helping us. And all three found some way to encourage Haley, to be positive with her, to give us extra bottles of water, extra treats, anything they could do for us to make this weekend really matter because they were all young adults and feeling like, well, nobody ever did that for me. You sure are great you know, to have a mom who wants to do this with you. So complete strangers affirmed the weekend at the hotel. So we went through the weekend and I could just tell the more I allowed myself to open up with Haley, the more open her heart was to the content, to the reality of this. There's definitely some key parts that bring the dad in, like dad conversations with future boyfriends and things. And it was really funny because Haley was like, oh, I want dad to do this for me. I want him to sit boys down. And I'm like, can you write that down in the journal and date That's that right. because you, know, that you may not feel this way. And then Zach followed up at the end of it, we all met at Olive Garden and he gave Haley a ring. And we all talked about how important this is and all the conversations can be rehashed, but that's the important thing. It's yeah. all meant to be a conversation. And if yeah. she wants to date somebody, it's a conversation. She's not in it alone. But what was really cool is we're leaving the hotel, we're going down the elevator and I have my big bag on my shoulder and the, the passport security purity kit is on the top shelf of my by bag and a mom and a teenager are writing down with us. And the mom taps me on the shoulder and says, I noticed you have the passport to purity kit in your bag. Is that what you're doing? And I said, Yeah, we just wrapped up. And Haley's like, Yep, yeah, we just finished and now we're going to meet my dad at a restaurant. Wow. And the mom said, I just put that in my Amazon cart. Yeah. And I want to do this. And so I'm just really excited to see that people are actually doing this. You that know was awesome. so I thought it was a positive takeaway.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the reality of it is our kids are going to hear it from somebody. And I would much rather them hear it from me. It is awkward for the first forty-five seconds, (laughs) but once you get through the first forty five seconds and you get through it, I want to get through that awkwardness because I want them to at least hear from me. And then they can choose what they do. But I can't control that. But I do want them to at least hear hear from us. So Zach, about champion traps.
2: Yeah, and I'll piggyback a little bit and jump to that too. But what we basically reiterate for our kids is look, You're going to have questions, and we want you to know we're safe people to ask questions. You really shouldn't be asking friends or trying to look up that information yourself. So, we wanted to create those lines of communication. I would say that's been really good. I mean, it's every week at some point, Nate, before he jumps in the shower, hey, dad, like that's his time to ask me questions. Yeah. I'll go up and he'll ask me. I mean, it's not always about passport and purity content, but just in general, like it's just opened up good lines of communications with the kids for them to feel like we're. Good place to ask questions, of. so it's been really good. One of the funny things, so I'll tell you from our time. So I took Nate camping, and we had to do this early though, because you know they start doing this kind of education. So we put our kids in public school. We want to help our kids learn how to live on mission in life and live in the world, but not be of the world. But but at the same time, then it's like you've got to prepare them for it. And so, like fourth grade, they start talking about some of these things. We're like, gosh, fourth grade, you know? So we felt like we needed to get out in front of it. So I have this conversation when Nate we go camping, and I mentioned to him. Other kids might know this information. And he looks at me, you know, fourth grade, Nate, nobody knows this information. <laughs> uh, oh, man, I was dying. Like, this is out of this world. I don't know yeah. what we're talking about right now. <laughs> so good. But yeah, so now we're Champion Tribes this year. So what I did is talk with a couple of other middle school dads that have middle schoolers that are friends of Nate's. And I'll tell you too, the, the missionary me, I grabbed some dads that are either barely connected or not connected to the church. So I wanted to take it as opportunity as well to just be Jesus and have people in our home and share our lives. And so it's been really cool. I mean, because it really focuses more on character development, which is a good thing, commitment and humility and accountability. And so we've been working through those monthly. It's been really good just for Nate's relationship two of those boys, but the value of a tribe. Yeah. And he finds that. I would say he's actually more excited about doing it for that reason than if it were just he and I. Yeah. So it's been really cool to do that with other dads and their sons and We've added to it, you know, it's like this trip to to Israel, you know, that's obviously an add on thing to do with him and spend extra time with them. But it's been neat, the conversations out of that. So like we watched a couple of weeks ago, the movie Invincible, Mm -hmm. uh, Philadelphia Eagles player who was not a pro player, but went out and made the team. And so Nate, after we watched it, he said, you should tell all the guys in champion tribes. They should watch that movie. Like yeah. that was really good. You know, like he was pulling out the qualities of how this guy became successful because he was committed and worked hard. And that's right. So it's it's neat for me to then see him recognizing those qualities which lead to success out of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's
0: been really cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. So in the beginning, we opened up with some challenges of things you've learned. What are some wins, or what are some things that give you encouragement, hope? in this time of your life, when you said you're in the middle school years with your kids, what are some things that just put a smile on your face?
1: So we have a fresh moment. Last night was we, what we're doing at church is first Friday prayer. And it started like with a half night of prayer, eight to midnight, kind of felt like that was a bit late. So we bumped it up 6.30 to 10.30. And because of the change, and we've only been able to do it a couple of months. then we found that our kids are getting really distracted with other kids. And so then they want to, bring technology and they want to bring games and things. And so two nights ago, Zach and I were talking about it we're like, okay, it's prayer again. And we were really excited to do this with our kids so that our kids would have a foundation of prayer and seeing people pray for a movement of the Lord. And we wanted them to really experience it and be a part of it, if we're honest. But we really felt like after the first one, it kind of deteriorated until last night. So we sat at dinner, I talked to the kids and said, You either go to prayer to pray or you don't go. And the, you know, their reaction is just like, What? You know, all of our friends are there and our friends don't have to pray. And I said, Again, we are not everybody else's parents. We're your parent. This is what we're gonna do. So back to the question are you gonna go pray or are you staying home? And so they had to work through that. And they said they wanted to go and they wanted to pray. So we're okay. Let's put some boundaries on that. We'll stay for the first two hours and we'll see how it goes. Will you really pray, engage, and be a part of it without any kind of toy or technology or break? And if that can happen, then we'll see how it goes. So we left, we got there. Haley and Nate's on youth retreat this weekend, so he wasn't a part of this. So it's just Haley and Lucas. They sat by us on the front row. They sang along. They did everything just perfectly, honestly, you know, when it was time to really be quiet and pray, they were at least quiet and Haley was praying. And then it came to a point where we were just going to sit in a scripture passage. It was like Psalm 34. And so she, you know, the leader read a verse and said, let's just sit in that verse for a little while. And then we're just going to have open mic. If you feel like the Lord has something to say to you that you want to share with everybody, then feel free to, to share it. So Haley leans over and she's really emotional. She's like, Mom, I had a rough moment at school today. I want to talk to you about that. So I was kind of feeling like this isn't the time to talk about school. But I did feel like, okay, there's a sensitivity here. So I'm going to go with it. So she talks to me about it. And so then I just tried to frame that to say, okay, what I feel the Lord would have you do is pray for those friends. And this is a perfect time. You know, we're praying for West Lafayette, Lafayette. These are people, but they're children in the area. So pray for them. So she leans back over and says, well, would you go up to the microphone and say that part? Because it matches up with the scripture. And I said, well, no, I'm not. I can pray right here for your friends. But if you want to, then you can do that because that's what the Lord is saying to you. That's not for me to say. So I just went back to praying. So she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go do it. So we're like, Okay, so she goes up, she takes the microphone off. She says that part of the verse, and she really wanted to pray for her friends and friends that are going through divorce and friends that are making bad choices because of what's going on in their home and they're on really bad colors every day at school because of their choices, and that she just wants to continue to pray for her friends in her class.
0: It's awesome.
1: Yeah to have peace. Yeah. to have peace is what she said. And she put the microphone on and sat down and immediately an adult got up and said, Haley, thank you so much for coming up and saying what you said. I really felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me to talk on peace, but I just felt hesitant until you said what you said. That's amazing. And we were just like, Haley, you know, look how awesome. Yeah. And so we were really just feeling like, well, praise the Lord. You know, we felt like we put some firm boundaries in place. They embraced it and then engaged in that. Sure. So So like that's a win.
0: Zach and Shelly, thank you so much for your time. Will you just, we normally end the podcast by praying. Will you pray for our listeners? Maybe Zach, you could pray. And then Shelly, then you could pray. Zach, how about you pray for the mothers? And how about Shelly, you pray for the fathers in the young families that God would speak to them and encourage them and give them clarity and ambiguity as we try to raise children and have healthy families for Jesus.
2: Lord, we just thank you for the way that you lead each one of us. Thank you, Jesus, for the gifts that you've given us for the passions that you instill within us and the story that we get to live in because of you. And so, Lord, I pray that as those things come together in the lives of moms across the continent of Africa and other places as well, I just pray, Jesus, that you would show each mom the value she has in your kingdom in the role that she plays as wife, mom, as missionary, Jesus, I just pray that they would just long to hear those words of well done, good and faithful servant and to Lord know that even for you before you ever did one thing in ministry that God came and said, well done, that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And and so Jesus, before we do anything, that we know that you're pleased with us as we bring glory to your name. So, Jesus, I just pray that moms would sit in you, that their doing in life would truly come out of their being with you. And Lord, I pray you'd help them to find moments in their day to just abide in you throughout the day. And Lord, out of that would come a steadfastness of character and likeness. And Jesus, I do pray that you would help homes to live at peace, Lord, that your shalom would be in every home Your wholeness would rest there. And Jesus, I do pray that if our minds wander, that you'd help us to recognize thoughts and take them captive. And Lord, for the renewing of our minds, Jesus, so that we could live well in your kingdom and encourage others to do the same. I thank you, Jesus, for the blessing of moms and the good news carriers they are and the way that they raise kids in your kingdom. So Lord, I pray that you give them wisdom, Lord, God listening hearts in the way that they do that. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name.
1: Lord, we just lift up the men and the fathers within Africa and around the world. Lord, we just pray that men would truly understand that you are for them and you have a plan for their life and for their family. And I pray that ambition would be there, Lord Jesus, but that their family would be whole and that would be a high priority within their lives and in their ministry. So Lord, we just pray for the family unit And we pray that men would work well with their wives and have those honest conversations that can be difficult, but are so vitally important for husbands and wives to work together as a team and unity, God, as you call us to. And I pray that love would abound in the homes Mm -hmm. and through the husbands, loving their wives and loving their children and wanting to make Great disciples, first and foremost, in the home. Before anyone else goes to heaven on our behalf, Lord, the home is where it starts. And so, Father, I pray that men would feel like they can do that, that they have the freedom to truly lead their families well into eternity. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that ministries would be strong Mm -hmm. and fruitful, Lord, that out of the priority that you've set before us, the kingdom would be advanced. And that way people feel like, okay, I'm doing the right thing and I see the fruit. So Lord, we pray that men would call upon your name, that they would seek your face, that they would truly abide and make that a high priority to know your calling and to help them to lead their families well and to lead fruitful and thriving ministries, Jesus. We just lift up the whole family, God, and we just thank you so much for your structure, that we can obey it and that we can thrive in it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Well, I knew you wouldn't be disappointed with our time with Zach and Shelly. It was great for us to catch up with them. Heather was in the room when we were doing that podcast recording. And just nice to sit down with great friends, people we respect, and people that our journey has similarly mirrored theirs and theirs ours. As far as being young families, I shared that we got married the same summer, graduated from Southeastern. They were teaching, Heather was teaching, and then into missions and them to Sudan and us. And we went to Burkina Faso and then to Madagascar. They actually came to visit us in Madagascar. Esgar, and we evacuated here for the coup. And they were coming from Sudan, I think, to find a little bit of respite to get out of Sudan for a little bit. And then, then we end up evacuating here. So anyway, life and family and ministry. And I think Zach and Shelly, they gave you some valuable information, some valuable insight, some important things. Passport for Purity, Champion Tribes, the way they've done boundaries and the things that they've learned they love Jesus. They love others. They're developing disciples. Their, their church has moved away from the event model or being event-focused, but rather being on people-focused and developing disciples. It's great to see Zach and Shelly both are strategic and intentional. Everything they do is strategic and intentional. And so they're valuable people that we love. And it was just great to have them on here and to learn from them, get their wisdom, get their insight, and to delve a little bit deeper into family health. And that the reality of it is, to find clarity in life and mission. If our family is unstable, if our family is disjointed, or if there's some ambiguity there, man, it just affects everything else. And so it was good to talk with them and learn from them and grow with them. So do want to thank our sponsors again today? agwmafrica.org, agwmafrica.org for an increasingly and transformed Africa. 50 countries, 257 training centers, 404 missionaries, and 79,106 indigenous churches. Discover what you can do and how you can be engaged at agwmafrica.org. agwmafrica.org. And by Appalachian Spring Dermatology, bringing new life to your skin. Learn more about the medical, cosmetic, and skin cancer screenings and treatments at Appalachian Spring Dermatology, and sign up for Dr. Rosenberger's blog at wvderm.com, wvderm.com. And by Central Assembly of God and Pastor Doug Seaman in Cumberland, Maryland. Caring for each person, connecting each story, and celebrating each miracle. Looking forward to our next episode on the Clarity Podcast. We sit down and go into a deep dive with Dick Brogdon. Dick Brogdon is someone who is a visionary, someone who um, will challenge you. We're going to talk. It's a broad ranging interview and we're just going to look and see how following Jesus and having an intimate relationship and abiding time with him, what that looks like maybe in different phases of life. Dick's also going to give us some insight and lessons he's learned on leading and how we maybe interact and lead with people that are older than us, people that are younger than us, people the same age as we are, some lessons he's learned. It's going to be invaluable time with Dick, and so we're really looking forward to it, and you won't want to miss a time with Dick Brogdon, and it's a great interview. So, Providing clarity and life and mission, the Clarity Podcast. Until next time, thanks again.